All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the first week of a new series called Gratitudes. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. So excited to have those in Baton Rouge, Gulf Coast, those in Metairie and Kenner each week online as well. Well, we are starting a new series. Actually, it's a short series, two to three weeks. And I want to talk to you about gratitude. Say, Pastor, what is a gratitude? Again, this is Thanksgiving season. How many of y'all love the holidays? Come on, how many of y'all love Love it. One of, my, one of my favorite holidays. I just enjoy it. I enjoy everything about it. And it's interesting when you come into the Thanksgiving season, again, people start talking about that theme. Of course, we understand as Americans the whole purpose of Thanksgiving. When that first group gave thanks to God, they made it through the winter. But, but as a Christian, as a Christian, a Christian should not be thankful one time a year. Matter of fact, a Christian should be thankful throughout the year. So, so where does gratitudes come from? From attitudes. Everyone say attitudes. Attitudes and your gratefulness level. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm not a super mechanical guy. I, I do remember in high school, I had a friend of mine that was real good with cars. And matter of fact, it was funny at lunchtime. And this guy was interesting. At lunchtime, he would, he would go out and he would show everybody his car. And one of the things he would do, uh, just some basic stuff, is he was always checking his oil. So I learned from my friend how to check. And it's real simple. You, you, just, you just pull it out and you, and you find out where that level of oil is and you understand exactly exactly where it is question I wonder if God I wonder if God took out in some level if he could just kind of do a dipstick that's what it's called and go into our hearts and kind of wipe and then just pull it up and say how much gratitude really is in there I wonder if God could do that I wonder if God did that in my life what would he really find I wonder if God did that in your life This series we're going to be talking about, we're going to be looking at scripturally, and we're going to be looking at different examples, because I believe that somebody that truly possesses a gratitude, a grateful heart, a good attitude, it's all the difference in the world. It's interesting, I was thinking about, I used to like, you guys may have liked uh, you know, Charlie Brown. Anybody like Charlie Brown in here? Come on. Y'all remember that? Okay. Do, do, y'all, y'all may have seen this. Y'all, y'all remember when Charlie Brown, uh, he, he went out there on Thanksgiving Day and he put dog food in Snoopy's bowl. Do y'all remember this? Some of y'all may have seen this. And he put dog. And so Snoopy comes up and he's, and he's, and he's, eating, in the, he's eating the dog food and he's just kind of grouchy. And the caption goes over Snoopy's head. And here it was. All those people are inside and they're eating all that turkey. And he goes through this litany of all that stuff. And he goes, I'm so upset. I'm just a plain old dog. Y'all remember that? And then the caveat, he goes, hmm. I look at it on the bright side, at least I'm not a turkey. <laughs> Everybody say perspective. Sometimes we're grouchy and we're grumpy about things, but if we just had a shift in our mind, if we just had a perspective shift, how important it is to have an attitude of gratitude. I read a recent study by Stanford University talking about professional competency and what really marks somebody who's professionally competent, how they excel and achieve in the business world. And it was interesting, it was so interesting, 88%, I'm not making up the statistic, 88% of the personal or professional success of these people that were polled in this, it was based upon not their aptitude and their skill set, but their attitude. 
Now, 12%, it was important to be professionally competent. But the overwhelming majority was, because here's the thing. Uh, a friend of mine once said, it's hard to listen. Go along if you can't get along. If somebody comes around you and, and there's an emitting of an attitude of, 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 of critical and ungrateful and all this, man, it's something, it's tough being around somebody that is not, quote, grateful. They don't have that attitude of gratitude. Our attitudes are amazingly important. They're the lens through which we see life. Do you know that you have a lens? And I have a lens. Each one of us have a lens. You can have somebody in the same situation, going through the same circumstance, and two totally different perspectives. Based upon what? Based upon their lens. I want to talk to you today, and over the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about how we can adjust. And let me tell you something. I want everybody to hear me at all of our campuses. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that your attitude immediately changes. Oh, man, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm washed by the blood. Praise God. But that doesn't necessarily impact your attitude until you renew your mind, until you make a choice. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to two places, Ephesians chapter 5 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul wrote both of these letters, Ephesians chapter 5 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I do have a definition of the word gratitude. I wrote it out here. Great Gratitude is the positive emotion of appreciation or thanks. And let me say it again. The positive what? Say this word. What is this word? Emotion. In other words, you feel it. You can, I'm going to show, share in just a couple minutes that, that actually scientifically, neuroscientists will prove that a positive framework in life actually releases healthy endorphins and dopamine and all this great stuff, these neurotransmitters and chemicals in your body because God created you, watch this, God created you to tick best, to work best when positive emotions are flowing through your body. Not the toxicity of a negative spirit, but positive emotions. Paul writes, and I love how Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving, what's that next word? Come on, say it. Thanks. Always. Not sometimes. Not just when things are going well. Not just when you're hitting home runs or closing the deal or but Paul the Apostle says, giving thanks always, always for all things, not just some things, for all things, to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul is pointing out in this passage how we should live our lives. I want to say this again. It's an issue of your perspective. Just because you're a born-again Christian doesn't mean your attitude has changed. Just because, listen... Your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. And the blood of Christ is washed and cleansed. Doesn't mean, listen, that you have a positive attitude. That, that gratefulness, if God, listen, here it is. If God took that heavenly dipstick and went down in our heart, what would he find? Would it be empty? Would it be half full? Or would it be a heart filled with gratitude to God and others? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, my second scripture, Paul writes, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything. What's that next word? Say it. Give thanks. I want to pause there for a moment. I've had a lot of people come to me over here. Pastor, you know, I just wish I could do the will of God for my life. I, I just wish I could know the will of God. What is the will of God for my life? That's a legitimate question to ask. I believe that all of us, all of us would like to know what God's will is where we're supposed to go, what we're supposed to do. 
You're praying about it, who you should marry, should we buy this, should we not? I mean, all those are right and legitimate things. Oftentimes, we're, we're asking God and we're waiting for the witness of the Holy Spirit, the peace of God in our heart. And sometimes it can be subjective. We're trying to discern what God's will is. But here's what's so cool. There's a few places in the Bible where actually the word, the will of God, is this is spelled out. You, th- th- let me just show you something. We don't have to pray about this. We don't have to fast about this. We don't have to seek counsel from others about this. We don't have to wait for a prophetic word, a dream, a vision. We're about to hear what the will of God is. Paul said this. Here's what he said. This is so cool. He says, for this is, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. What's the will of God? For us to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. When God... If God could take a heavenly dipstick and put it into our heart, what, what would he find? It's interesting, this man was walking down the streets of New York and he came by these two guys and they were, they were bricklayers. They were masons and they were very skilled in what they did. And, and he asked the guy, he says, guys, what, what, so what are you guys doing? What are y'all building here? The first guy says, let me tell you something, I've been here for 30 years, my back hurts, my shoulders hurt. It's a terrible job. I just kind of just started running the whole thing down. And the next guy stops and says, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, time out just a moment. Just a moment. No, no, no. This is an amazing job. Sir, let me tell you what. We're building a wonderful skyscraper that's going to bless the generations to come. Same job, same situation, same everything. What's the difference? Perspective. You can have two people in the same home. You can have two people working at the same job. You can, let me tell you something. It's not an issue of what happens to you. It's how you perceive and respond to that. Paul the Apostle said, in everything. Everybody say, in everything. He said, in everything, give thanks. Now, there's some attitudes. There's some attitudes that fight against that grateful heart. Number one, let me just give you a couple. Number one is pride. Pride fights against us being grateful people. It just fights again. It undermines it. Pride says this, I'm a, um, I, I am a self-made person. I'm a self-made woman, a self-made man. In other words, in other words, I've done it on my own. Wow. i never forget this a number of years ago. I, uh, I was watching television, and there was at the end of the, the, the baseball. So I'm not a huge baseball fan, but it's, it, you know, I'll watch it from time to time. But I, I was interested in, in the end, they had a presentation of, to this particular gentleman who was the, the MVP of the year of the whole, I guess, the MLB. And it was just really a pretty amazing event. They had all the journalists up there, and they had, they had microphones, and they're putting it in, his, in front of me. They said, um, so uh, do you have anything to say for winning this award? And here's what this guy said. I'm not going to give you his name. I will say he's become a Christian, all right, since that point. Here's what he said. He goes, well, first of all, I would like to thank myself. Not the coach, not the players, not, but he wanted to thank himself. <laughs> wow. I mean, have you ever heard of that? Could you imagine if a coach said, you know, I just think, I, yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is this player, it, there, there, was, there was something of pride. You know what pride says? Pride says I did it on my own. I don't need anybody. Let me tell you, pride says I accomplished this by myself. And it undercuts gratitude. If you've done it all, who do you need to be grateful to? Number two, the second attitude that undercuts an attitude of gratitude is a complaining, critical spirit. Man, somebody that's complaining and they're critical and nothing's good enough. It's, a, it's that, old, that, that old adage of, uh, of the glass being what? Half empty and not half what? Say it. 
In other words, they get into any conversation, they're always going to find a twist. There's always something that's not right or somebody or you walk, they're at work, you're in having a conversation and they, and they walk by. This person walks by and says, yeah, but y'all don't know the whole story. Time out. Who asked you? Why were they eavesdropping on my conversation? I was excited. I was fired up. Why, why did they come by? Well, let me tell you, a critical, a critical complaining spirit is something, it just kind of saps the gratitude right out of your, it just kind of just, it just, it just, it just hijacks gratitude right out of your life. Yeah. Man, I don't want that in my life. We all grapple and struggle with this at times, whether it's pride, whether it's a complaining spirit, but here's the one that I think may be even the biggest familiarity. Somebody once said, if stars only came out once, we'd all be outside looking at that night. It's kind of like the eclipse. Isn't that right? The eclipse. I think we had one last year. It didn't really work. We went to go see it. It never happened. Maybe it happened in Australia. I'm not sure. But somebody once said that if they only came out once, I I was with my three kids. I, um, we went to this ranch and I took each one of them. And some of you guys have been to it. It's kind of a Bond with your parent deal and wonderful, exciting weekend. And, the, and one of the nights you go down to the river and uh, all, there's all these parents and their kids and you, and you sleep out under the stars. And I looked, I'll never forget, literally the whole entire sky is filled with stars. It was just gorgeous. And I just began to think in myself, I just began to think, you know, how often some of these little things, architecturally speaking, that God has designed, whether it's in a mountain range, whether it's on a seashore, whether it's up in the sky, how often, how often do we become familiar and even neglect uh, the, the, the handiwork of God around us? How about the handiwork of God maybe living with us? Maybe it's that spouse. Maybe it's that child. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's, there's something about familiarity. It's kind of like when you're dating. You you know what I'm talking about? You start dating. Matter of fact, I was in a conversation with this guy last week and he said something that actually I did. He goes, man, I remember when I was, I remember when I was dating my wife, when we were boyfriend, girlfriend, man, we'd stay on the phone for hours. How many of y'all remember being on the phone for hours and you just kind of drool and you'd go to sleep with the phone? Y'all, y'all remember that? You just kind of just for hours and hours. And, and, and now they text you and it takes 10 minutes for you to even text back. You know what I'm... Okay, maybe not y'all, but that other group, that, uh, the earlier group. There, there, there's something about when it's so precious and, and, and you're going out and you're like, well, let me open the door for you. And well, no, 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 let me open the door for you. Well, let me, let me just, let me, let me, oh, no, let me help you. And no, no, wait, 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 time out. Let me, hey, there, there's, because it's so new and you're so grateful and you're kind of contemplating that night. Do I really share everything? Do I share kind of what all my issues and my family and that uncle and all these, what's going to happen and all. And you just kind of put your foot forward and you share a little bit and then you share. And you're so grateful that they don't think that you're as weird because you actually find out they're kind of weird like you're weird. <laughs> but then over time, when you're in awe, but over time it, it, gets, it gets kind of familiar and you lose that sense. Kind of like when you move into a new home, when you buy a new thing, when you have a new relationship, whatever it is around us, where at once, God, I'm so grateful. God, thank you so much. Lord, thank you. I wonder if, I wonder if it's that we often have to lose things before we realize what we've got. I don't think that's God's intention. But it's often when we lose something that we realized that was so precious. Have you ever talked to somebody that is blind currently but was not blind when they were born? 
And I'm going to tell you something. They saw, but something maybe happened. There was an injury or wreck, but now they can't. By the way, that was the video intro that we had. And you talk to them, and here's what they would say. I would do anything. I would do anything to be able to see again. Let it, let it not be that we have to lose something before we appreciate something. The fact that we're in church today, the fact that we were able to get up, and some of you are not able to join us today, those that are online, for whatever reason, maybe something medically. The fact that we can, like Paul said, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. And we can actually get out of bed. I, I remember when I was in college, I hurt my, actually my senior year in high school, I hurt my lower back. If you ever had a lower back problem, in two years it took me, it was very painful. If you ever had a neck problem, a back, something, let, let, us, not to have, let us not have to have a problem before we appreciate divine health. Are you with me? Let, let us not have to lose something for it. My gosh, I wish I had that. I wish I experienced, I wish I, no, no, let's, let's start now. Let's have that attitude that Paul talks about in everything. Give. Give thanks. I want to talk to you about three benefits of gratitude. This is a primer today. And this weekend, next weekend, I'm going to talk about a power in the, uh, uh, one of the stories in the gospel, a tremendous powerful story about gratitude. And then we'll finish it up as right around Thanksgiving. I, I want to give you guys three benefits. I want to talk about psychological benefits, emotional benefits, spiritual benefits, relational benefits, professional benefits. There's tremendous benefits to having a heart of gratitude. Number one, the first benefit that we see here is uh, gratitude increases, watch this, it increases your personal happiness and productivity. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if, but if I did, if I asked you guys and I did a poll, how many of you guys want to be personally happy? Every single person, matter of fact, everybody in the world would raise their hand. They'd say, of course I want to be happy. Did you know that God actually designed you? What does it mean to be happy? It means that you feel emotions that are impacting you psychologically and physiologically, that you feel good. Why you feel good, what invoked that, whether it was a memory, whether it was something future-oriented, the reality is it somehow generated a release of serotonin and dopamine and a bunch of cool, healthy chemicals in your body where your brain, now down all through your nervous system, you feel good. Did you know God designed you to have a feeling that's good based upon gratitude? In other words, gratitude, an attitude of gratitude is connected to this thing. Pastor, that's crazy. Do you mean, are you telling me that when I exercise a thankful heart, it actually releases chemicals in my body? It does. I'm going to show you in just a moment. Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice. Everyone say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just when things are going the way that we wanted. How you doing? Great. Why? Because things are great. Really? How you doing? Not great. Why? Because things aren't great. Paul said rejoice. Matter of fact, I just taught this in the fall. Where did he write that? When he was in prison. Rejoice. Pastor, I want to be happy in life. How can I be happy in life? What, what, what can I do? What can I do? There is a, there is a link Medical science is proving now, neuroscientists are proving now that, that an attitude of gratitude, when you're thankful, there's something that of release of chemicals in your body. God knows best, guys. He knows how this thing works best. 
we just kind of get in the, you know, just kind of down and kind of in the, uh, my friend calls, one preacher friend calls it the mully grubs. You know, we just kind of get down. We get just kind of discouraged and got a lot of self-pity and all that. We don't realize that when we're doing that, when we don't look up and we're only looking within, we're actually injuring ourselves. Wow. Paul said, rejoice. I'm going to give you guys a list of questions, all right, just for you guys to think about. I want everybody to think about this at all of our campuses and because this question, it's a list. I, I want to help you identify where are you, all right? Where, where are you? Number one, which of you, question, all right? We're trying to identify where you are on your gratitude level. Which of you tend to talk more about your blessings or your disappointments? Which one do you talk about more, your blessings or your disappointments, your losses? We don't deny there's losses, but where's the emphasis? God has designed us with a power, watch us, with the power to make a choice where we can dwell, where we can set our minds. Number two, are we content with what we have or always dissatisfied? Is dissatisfaction mark our lives? There's nothing wrong with desiring more, but can we be happy in the state that we are? I taught a message on the power of contentment this fall at the book of Philippians, and I talked about, Paul says, I've learned how to be abased, and I've learned how to abound. In all things and always, I've learned to be content in Christ. Question, do we tend to have more of an emphasis on dissatisfaction or contentment? Three, do you express thanks to others when they help you, or do you just take it for granted? That's called entitlement. Do you express gratitude to others? In other words, when people see you coming... Do they go the other way? When they see you coming, is there something that is released that is a warm feeling in them because they know? Matter of fact, I had this guy, my, 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 my parents' neighbor, is a wonderful man, and he would often tell me this. And it's interesting when you'd see me and say, thank you. I would say, hey, man, what you doing? Hey, good to see you. And he'd say, thank you for saying hi to me. Thank you for saying hi to me. Why are you thanking me for saying hi to me? You're just supposed to say Hi. But now you're thanking me for saying hi. How many know that's healthy? It's healthy. What you're saying is, thank you so much. I want to express gratitude. In other words, you're valuable. I, I, want, to, I want to place a 10 on your forehead and, and say that, thank you so much. In other words, do we put an emphasis there for, would those closest to you ever say that you're a thankful person? Wow, Pastor. I think those questions are the ones that we should ask, if not on a daily, maybe a weekly basis. We can choose, watch this, we can choose physically, emotionally, mentally, spirit. We can choose the level of our happiness based upon the choice to dwell upon, watch this, blessings or disappointments. To dwell upon what we have versus what we don't have. Wow. Number two, gratitude shifts our perspective. As our gratitude pours out in life, it should include two things. Number one, we want to thank God for our blessings. Thank God for our blessings. Psalms 92.1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is good to give thanks to God. We thank you, God. How many of you guys ever walked in? I want everybody to listen. Very important. How many of you guys ever walked into your laundry room and said, Thank you, Jesus, for this dirty laundry. Anybody ever done that before? We should. At least we have laundry that's dirty. How many of you guys ever walk by a kitchen sink filled with dirty dishes and you go, thank you, Jesus, for those dishes that are dirty? 
We should because we actually had the food to be able to put on the dishes to make them dirty. 1.7 billion people. The world's got about 7.1 billion more or less. 1.7 billion, World Vision says, are in abject poverty, literally with not even subsistence level food and, and drink. Number two, there's another billion on top of that that would be under the poverty level. Basically, about 30% of the world's population would love to have dirty dishes in the kitchen. How many of y'all grateful for those dirty dishes? Come on, are y'all grateful? <laughs> grateful for the dirty laundry? The fact of the matter is, is that we, we are a blessed people. We're a blessed people. I remember forgetting getting in my car a couple years ago. My car wouldn't start. I'm like, gosh, I had a meeting, you know, I'm like all fired up. I get real hyper-focused, like, you know, and, and, and my, my, my car wouldn't start. I was, just, I was just so upset. But then I thought, wait, time out, time out, time out, time out. Thank God I've got a car. I've got a car. A lot of people don't have cars. I've been all over. The, I've been in every continent in the world except Antarctica, and I'm not going there. I have no desire. If the Lord tells me, I will, Lord, but I'm sure you won't. And so, and I've been around a lot of poor people, man. I've been around a lot of people. I've seen a lot of stuff around the world, even in our nation. Thank God that we've got a car. Thank God that we've got, how, how often, listen, are we, counting, are, are we thanking God for the blessings? Are we really thanking God? Are we thanking God for our health, for our strength? And, and let me tell you something. When you go through health, I, 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 do, I do a... Um, Many of us do a fast in January. Actually, we're moving it to Lent this year. There's lots of reasons why we're excited about that. We're writing a little devotional to go with it. And, um, but, but I tell you one of the things that always happens. Whenever I do my fast, I'll go through in my fast. In the first week, I'll do juice, water, juice, and, and no foods at all. And it's interesting. By the end of it, then I'll, then, I'll, then I'll move the second week. I usually do it 21 days, like a lot of you guys. Then, then I'll move into different foods. And it's always interesting, by the end of that week, I'm like, what I would do for anything of hard substance, just anything, even things that I don't like, I'd be like, this would be amazing right now. And then you just walk by things, you're like, That's that is amazing, that, that, that vegetable that beat, which usually is an unchristian thing, that, if I could just eat that beat right there. And, and, and I got caught as a kid hiding beets under my chair, my parents. That's, I'm sorry, I got to get away from that. But, and so, but, but the, isn't, it, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing when you don't have how much you realize what you, what you, what you don't have? Let's not lose what we've got to be grateful for what we do have. Thank the Lord, he says, in the blessings, in the blessings. Number two, not only are we to thank God in the blessings, but we're to thank God for the blessing, but we thank God in the burdens, in the burdens. It's interesting, I, uh, I'll never forget a number of years ago, I was teaching through, and it was, it was a biblical, it was a real kind of an in-depth biblical thing on the weekend, you guys may remember this, and and I was, it was a spiritual warfare series. And I, and, I, and I made a couple statements that are important. I want to make a couple statements before I read this scripture. I want everybody to hear me at all of our campuses. Number one, we live in a fallen world. I do not think that everything that bad happens is from God. 
I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I do believe, if you understand Greek, the, the, the kind of the Greek plays, you've got a protagonist and you've got an antagonist. The pro is for, anti is against. God is for us, the devil's against us. God's a good God, the devil's a bad devil. Y'all with me? So here's the point. And we know that the devil, according to Jesus, the devil's mission statement is to steal, kill, and destroy. So here's the point. Why am I saying that? So there are times in our lives when bad things happen to us where the enemy has struck us. Jesus looked at the woman bound for 38 years. He said, Satan has bound, had bound you. Okay, there's a binding there. All right. But there's also times when bad things happen in our lives. Listen to what I'm saying. This is so important. That, that we're just part of the fallen. We live in a cursed earth. The Bible says that, 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 that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. In the Beatitudes, Jesus talks about that, that, that light, good things happen and bad things happen. And, 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 and it's and it kind of all of us experience. But here's the point. When I read this next scripture, I do not believe that the Bible says that we are to thank God for everything, but we're to thank God in everything. And I'm going to read it and I'm going to explain why that is. In everything. Everyone say in everything. So that means, watch this, that means even when you're struck by the enemy, I'm going to thank God, not for that, but in that, because it's an opportunity for me to overcome whatever hell's thrown at me. Are you with me? So it strengthens me. I'm not thanking God for that. I don't even believe that God sent that, but I do believe that God's going to use that and turn it around for my good and his glory. Does that make sense? In other words, I'm not thanking God for Goliath. I'm thanking God when Goliath shows up, because when Goliath shows up, David comes forth. Does that make sense? Goliath was not sent. Listen, Goliath was not designed to kill David, but to reveal David. Problems are not designed to get. So when I say this in everything, everybody say in everything. So when something happens to us, whatever it is, say, God, I thank you that you're still God. You're in control of my life. Your hand is upon my life. Whatever hell tries to come against me, whatever negative thing, Lord, you're going to turn it around somehow for my good and your glory. And I'm going to be in a posture of faith to walk through this in the strength of God. In other words, I may get thrown in the lion's den, but can I tell you something? That lion's not eating me up. That's Bible. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went in the, in the fiery furnace. They were in that furnace, but there was a fourth man in the furnace. And they were not even, they, they were not even singed. Some, some of you right now, you have to understand, there's some of the things in our lives. It's our attitude. Where's our perspective? Some of you guys have gone through some horrific things in 2019. But, but God is lovingly encouraging you. He's challenging you to give thanks. Everyone say, Give thanks. Give thanks that you're still here. Give thanks that you still have breath. Give thanks that you still have strength. Give thanks that you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Give thanks that you have God's word, the promises of God. And it positions you with an attitude of overcoming. In everything, give thanks. For this is, here it is, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. It's a perspective change. I, I can't always choose the burdens that come into my life, but I can choose the response to those burdens. I can choose those responses. Some of you guys, you, 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 you've, you, you've walked through some real tumultuous waters. You didn't choose those. You didn't choose all those, but you choose your choice. You choose how to respond to it. You choose what your response and your posture is going to be towards that. Is it going to be a posture looking up? We look up. That's where my help comes from, the Bible says, from the Lord. 
Paul, the apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, I love Paul. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I wrote this. When we, like Paul, have a proper perspective, we too can give thanks in all circumstances. In our weaknesses, God can make us strong. He can prove us. Our faith grows. Our faith muscles get strong. The giant of Christ in you is revealed as God. Listen, as God allows you to come forth in power, that problem is not against you. That problem is a revealer. It's a revealer. It's a revealer. Look up. That's where your help comes from. Three, gratitude enhances relationships. I, I, was, I was, as I was putting this message together, it was really interesting. I began to think to myself, back to that gentleman who lives by my dad, who thanks me for saying hi to him. And it's not because I'm a pastor. I mean, I've not always been a pastor. And he's just a kind man. And I began to think to myself of Paul the Apostle. You know, Paul the Apostle wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You guys know that, right? Two-thirds of the New Testament. We talked through the book of Philippians this fall. Isn't it interesting to you guys? I want you to think about this for a moment. Paul the Apostle, who was a spiritual father, led these people to Christ, discipled them, helped them, trained them, equipped them, loved them, counseled them. All right, now think about this for a moment. Paul the Apostle birthed them in the kingdom. He risked his life. He was stoned three times, left for dead. He was whipped. He was whipped. He was, he was a night and a day in the deep. I mean, he went through all of these things. And Paul the Apostle, listen, think about this. Paul the Apostle, spiritually speaking, he wasn't Jesus. He had sin. He committed sin. But he was really a holy, powerful man. Paul the Apostle, after he'd plant these churches, and he would write his intros, these letters, one of the things that marked his life was gratitude. Listen to this. I want to read the beginning of four letters that he wrote, and I'll close. All right, you guys ready for this? Here we go. Gratitude, because I want to suggest to you guys, you want relationships to thrive in your life? You want to grow in your relationships? I'm going to tell you this. One of the ways, listen, one of the ways that people will emotionally be drawn to you is if you will express thankfulness and gratitude towards them. One of the reasons, listen, one of the reasons why we struggle interpersonally at times, all of us, myself included, is because our gratitude is not where it needs to be. Because when we, listen, when we express verbally or with handwritten notes or through texts, gratitude towards people, people want to naturally be drawn to you. They feel warmth, all right? Watch what Paul does. This is powerful. Here's what he does. I'm just going to read four of these. Romans chapter 1, book of Romans. Anybody like the book of Romans in here? Good, three people. All right, here we go. <laughs> Romans chapter 1. Watch what Paul says. First, I thank my God for all of you. Now remember, he led them to Christ. All right? First, before I say anything from revelation from God that I'm about to give you guys. First, I want to thank God for you. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. He says this to the church. I always thank God for you. That's the, Corinth, the, church, uh, the Corinthian church. Romans, Corinthians. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. Paul wrote this. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. 
I mean, if you go letter after letter after letter, how many times is Paul thanking the very people that he led to Christ? But he's so grateful. So grateful. I wonder what would happen in our lives. I wonder what happened with the friendships or the people around us, our coworkers, our colleagues, people in our small group, neighborhood. I wonder what would happen if we would start expressing gratitude at a whole nother level. Through emails, through texts, through coffees. I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much. There's, um, we just finished up our, did you guys enjoy the 20th anniversary of Church of the King? Come on, did y'all enjoy that? I did. Excited about the plans. You guys, we got so, God's doing so many cool things around here. It's just amazing. And um, it was pretty, pretty interesting emotionally how I felt through that process because, and please stay with me, I got just two minutes and there were some people that are in the crowd that when I was speaking, I saw them out there and I, 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 I'd known that they'd been here since the very beginning. And, and um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting I, when I get a chance, when I'll see them in the halls or in the commons area or outside or in the community, and I'll often just tell them, I say, man, I just want to thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for believing in what God's doing. And, and part of it is also thank you for Thank you for believing in us, for Jennifer and I, myself. Thank you for, for being part of the church. And there's, watch this, watch this, watch this. There's a warmth that comes when you do that. When you express gratitude towards people. Listen, listen, here it is. People will, they will, they will emotionally move towards you. It's how God designed it. This week, I had an opportunity to be with my wife. We went on a trip. It was great. We had a good time. And, and um, maybe it was the last day or second to last day. And, and it's interesting when you, when, you, when you get in situations where, just, where, where life slows down a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Life slows down. And you have an opportunity. And we just started just saying to one another, man, I, just, I was just grateful for Jennifer. I said, thank you so much, honey, for being you. Thank you. Thank you. There's nothing around, no professional responsibilities. I wasn't doing a message, and I had already had this message done and ready, ready to go. And so I start explaining that to her. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the, the woman, the great godly woman. You're a godly person. Thank you for the wisdom. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being a great mom. And, a wife. and so guess what happens? So, so she wants to, so now, so then she starts saying that to me. So now we're, now we're in a thank you fest. Are, are y'all with me? And, and now we're just, thank you, I just thank you. And of course, we're moving closer and closer and praise God. And so uh, y'all can't handle the rest of that story. But anyway, so <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, it works power. I know some of you guys say, that's all you got to do. That's it. Just start there. Honey, thank you. On the way from home, Pastor, thank you. Thank you. Look right here and I'll close. Look right here. Listen, listen, listen. People are designed by God to emotionally open up to you and to lower their guard when you express gratitude towards them. Does that make sense? Everybody say, thank you. It doesn't make you less of a person. Give credit away. Add value to people. 
I want to thank you. Thank you so much for helping me. Coaches, you see, teachers, thank you so much. Here it is. Here it is. Number one, your emotional, spiritual, and psychological health will improve. Your perspective on life will dramatically be shifted. And ultimately, you'll be a lot of fun to be around. Can I pray for you? I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now. If you're in this place and you're not sure about your relationship with God, I'm going to take literally just one moment. If you do not know Jesus and you're not sure about your relationship with God, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. I can't save you. Our church can't save you, but Jesus saves. The very first step, the first step of salvation is just crying out and saying, Jesus, save me. Come into my life. Forgive me. Whoever calls upon, this is what the Bible says. Acts chapter 16, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before him? You can if you open your heart to him. Everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed at every one of our campus. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. I need the blood of Christ to wash me, to cleanse me, to make me new. If that's you, the count of three, I'm going to ask you to hold your hand up. Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, hold your hand up high.